Hey, Stay Paid listeners, we have an absolutely incredible interview coming up with Eric Allen. Not only does he run his own media company, he's a host of multiple podcasts. We're going to introduce him in just a minute, but really even more important than that was the story that he had. Yeah, seriously, I got introduced to Eric. Um, I was on his show. And when I heard this guy's story, I was like, man, we got to bring him on Stay Paid. He, he really talked, he's so successful today, but he talks about how he's overcome adversity. He grew up in an abusive home situation and just a real heartbreaking story, but he has overcome that. And I cannot wait for you guys to hear this. If you're facing adversity in your life, you're going to get a ton out of this. This is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Welcome to another episode of Stay Paid. I'm Joshua Stike along with Luke Agri. And our guest today is Eric Allen. Eric is an entrepreneur, the host of two popular podcasts, and the founder and owner of his own media company. But I think more than anything, this man is an inspiration. Not only is he giving back by sharing his story and encouraging others, but he's also giving back to his community and veterans through organizations like Hire Heroes USA. So I hope you showed up to be fired up today because I know this guy can bring it. Eric, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you so much for having me here, man. Truly an honor to be here, guys. Eric, man, really excited to talk to you. Uh, I'm excited for the audience. Hey, guys, if you have gone through adversity or if you're going through adversity right now, I want you to listen up because Eric has such an incredible story. I want to dive into that and really talk about, you know, how do you overcome? How do you actually succeed in the face of adversity? Would love, Eric, for you to kind of share how you've gotten to where you're at, you know, kind of take us back. I know you had a little bit of a journey in your childhood, but if you could walk us through a little bit of your story and then let's dive into like, how did you overcome and how do you overcome every day? Yeah, I think, you know, if we go back, I grew up in Eastern Washington and what I thought was typical household, you know, grew up in you know, going a little, uh, uh, playing little league and, you know, going to Sunday school, things like that. My dad would take my best friend, Dave and, Dave and I, and literally throw us in dumpsters behind stores on Saturday mornings. That was like our go find treasure days. Like my dad just loved to do that. So he would use my buddy, Dave and I as, you know, guinea pigs to throw us in dumpsters. Uh, but, you know, we looked forward to that. It was fun. And then my parents got divorced when I was 11 years old. I'd never heard that word before. I didn't know anybody who had gotten divorced before. It was really a shock to my system. Hmm. My mom ends up getting together with a guy who I remember like pretty quickly when he showed up in the picture was very physically abusive, mm. would hit her all the time. And I'd have to call the police. I remember being outside of their, the house and looking into their bedroom window and he'd be hitting her with a cordless phone when those were around, you know, mm. and my mom would never press charges. I didn't understand what, you know, why she wouldn't do that. And then they did the smart thing. They got pregnant and they mm. ended up moving us from Washington to small town, Montana, Stevensville, Montana, population 1200 people. And it was on five acres. They rented this house, beautiful property in the Bitterroot River there. And the house had three bedrooms. It was one for them, one for my little brother who's a few months old and one for my sister. And they said, Eric, you live in the garage. So I literally had this bed on one half of the garage with a plastic tarp that separated my bed from the truck that I'd pull in. Jeez. I did have a fireplace on my half of the garage to keep me semi-warm in the winter of, you know, Montana's and stuff like that. Uh, but the, the physical abuse continued when we got there. In fact, it got worse because we were further away from police. And there was one night when I was 13 years old, I was brushing my teeth and, and they came home arguing. It wasn't anything different than any other night, really. Um, but as I was brushing my teeth, I felt that God was saying, dude, you got to take a look and see what's going on. And so the way the house was set up was behind me was the pantry uh, to the kitchen, uh, to the garage door where I stayed, you know, out in the garage. And so I turn around the corner and I see him on top of my mom, just boom, boom, mm. boom, one shot after the other. I'm like, man, I got to get this guy off. So I walked up behind him. I grabbed a cast iron pan and I swung as hard as I could and I split the back of his head open. Oof. 
And when he turned around, it didn't knock him out. He said, what then is he did that? I took another swing and I hit him in the forehead, split his forehead open. And then I swung so hard the second time I actually fell over. And I remember him standing up over me. He was bleeding down his face. And he was starting to yell. My mom jumps up, lands like six punches in a row to the face, you know, on, and there's blood spot on the wall. Cops show up finally, taking him to jail for the night. My mom doesn't press charges. The next day, I was kicked out of the house. Jeez. So I had three months left in my freshman year of high school at that time. And so I went and lived with my buddy, Forrest. I slept on his hardwood floor at his house for the last three months. We would walk to, to school, you know. Um, and then after that, I moved back to live with my dad after my freshman year of high school. And it basically set me on a path of destruction for the next 10 years of my life where, you know, no accountability. I was kicked out two weeks after I graduated high school from my dad's house. I was arrested at 18 for having a bong. Uh, between ages of 18 and 21, I moved 21 times. Wow. Uh, living off of credit cards and sleeping on the couch here, maybe three days there a week there. And by the time I'm 21, I was $28,000 in debt and had to file bankruptcy. Mm. And... Uh, Battled addictions, man. Ended up landing a job in the music business, which was always a dream of mine. I don't know how to play anything, but I ended up working in a mailroom at Universal Records and then getting hired on. And basically, I had this two-year span where I was going to two to three concerts a week and had open tabs. And uh, went to probably 175 concerts over those two-year span, man. Just lived that rock star lifestyle without being a rock star, man. And um, really just set me down in some really dark places at that point. That is just unreal, man. I mean, what a story. I guess I have to ask you, I mean, taking back to, yeah. you know, when you got kicked out and you're in your freshman year, right? What's going on in your in your mind right then? Like what, walk us through kind of what your thought process was. I think at the time I was really kind of like, well, F you, man. Like, I don't, I don't need to be around you guys. And if you don't want me to save you, you don't want to continue. You don't want me to fight for you. Like, peace out. I'm cool with it, you know? Um, and I didn't realize at the time, like the rejection that I would feel as an, as an adult, like looking back on, man, that was some really bad parenting, you know? Mm. Um, but uh, I just, I, I think at the time I was just kind of like, you know, screw the world, man. I, I didn't have any direction. You know, I was like, started smoking cigarettes at that time. And so, you know, we would steal cigarettes from my buddy's dad's pack, you know, sitting around and, and really just kind of sitting around and just like barely getting through school. And I would, you know, skip school halfway through the day and, and things like that. So really I just had no direction, man. It, it was kind of just a screw the world type mentality at the time. And then, so you end up obviously moving 21 times, right? Over yeah. the course of, what'd you say, a year? Over the course of uh, between eighteen and twenty-one, okay, I'm like twenty-one places. Twenty-one, twenty-one places, unbelievable. So yeah. you're very transient. So when you actually land the job at at Universal, and then you get into this kind of rock star life, obviously yeah. you mentioned you're at one of your darkest places because I'm assuming you're filling your void um, with what I think a lot of people do is they fill their void with uh, whether you call it materialistic things or addictive things. Uh, that you get into. How did you get out of that? Like walk us through the transformation because who I'm looking at today to hear that background is just unbelievable, right? And seeing what you've accomplished and and the success that you had, where's the transformation? How did you get out of that dark place? Yeah, man, it was an interesting spot, man. I got laid off after my one year anniversary at Universal. Okay. The year before Universal, I managed a band. So that's why I, had, I was able to go to all these free concerts. Basically, I got laid off a year after uh, being with Universal. It was during the Napster days. So it killed the music industry. And I was working at Starbucks at night to kind of just pay my bills. And I was depressed. I'd get off work, go get a six pack of beer and drink myself to sleep every night. And mm-hmm. one night, a girl walked into Starbucks who doesn't drink coffee and said, Hey, we've got this cool college age event down at our church. Would you be interested in going? 
you know, I'm depressed. I have no friends and she's good looking. Yep. What time do I need you? Right? <laughs> like that was, that was my, my thought process, you know? And uh, I got down there and it was just this weird thing. Cause I was living in Seattle at this time. So, which was like about four hours from where I grew up. And I got to this church event and there was all these guys that I knew from like high school and from college. I was like, dude, I haven't seen you in five, six, seven years, you know? And I think in that moment, God was planting a seed in me because a month later was Easter 2004. I was still managing a band. We went out and we partied the night before Easter and woke up Easter morning surrounded by probably 15 buddies in my you know, buddy's basement. And I, it was about five o'clock in the morning. And I felt God in that moment say, dude, you're going on this path that's going to end your life real quick if you don't start making some changes. Mm. So I decided in that moment, I gave my life to Christ right there in my buddy's basement by myself. Called that girl up. I got her voicemail and said, hey, thanks for inviting me to church. Maybe I'll see you at the store sometime. And a month later, we were dating and now we've been married for almost 17 years. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it's the person you end up marrying. That's awesome. You guys have kids, right? Yeah, we, we got two kids. Yeah. yeah. And I truly believe like God sent this angel in my life to kind of wake me up out of this slumber of like just mess that I was in. And, you know, ironically enough, we're actually both born at exactly 1.41 p.m. on our birth certificate. Same, different days, different years, but exactly the same time. <laughs> That's wild. You know, what's crazy and I think is really just a, I think it's how God works, but it's like you look at the pain, right? And in the yeah. darkest place you were at, and from that darkest place came, obviously, your next doorway, which is your your future wife. It came like you would have never met your wife if you wouldn't have been right. there. Not that you would ever want to go through that again. Not that that is what you want people to go through. But a lot of times the progress comes from the pain. Yes. Um, you know what I mean? And a lot of times that what you find that next doorway that's open, you know, comes out of sometimes darkest places and you just got to keep, obviously, your head up. So walk us through, obviously you know, very successful. What advice would you give for people that are facing these struggles, right? They're in dark places, Mm -hmm. whatever reason why. Like what advice now that you have come through, now we all still struggle with things, but now that you've come through on the other side, looking back, what's some of the advice you would give? I had to do two things. One, uh, once I realized that my past and other people's opinions don't define my future, like that was a big thing for me. I was like, move, now I can make a change. And then I had to surround myself with the people that were living the life that I wanted to live. Mm. So I like, now looking back, I'm like, I was almost interviewing people, but I started finding guys that were in the church that had successful businesses, that were successful entrepreneurs, that were successful in their marriage, had successful walks with Christ. And I was like, I want to take you out to coffee. I want to understand your story. Tell me what you did to get to where you're at. And so I had to get out of that environment and acknowledge that, yep, that was the past, but it doesn't define my future. I can make that change at any moment. And then I just have to take action. And so once I surrounded myself with those guys, doors started opening. I got back into sales and doors, you know, money started, you know, flowing through and I was able to provide for my wife and things like that. And so um, I think just getting out of that environment and if you want to make a change, you have to acknowledge it and then just take action. Don't sit on it. Like keep going and move forward. And I think that was the big key factor that helped me get out of that situation. Incredible. So bring us up to today. You know, you've got this media yeah. company, you've got two popular podcasts. Um, tell us kind of what you're doing right now in, in your business. Yeah. So Eric Allen Media, I love my, my, I mean, my podcast is the Eric Allen Show. And, and I love hearing people's stories, understanding people's stories. I'm fascinated with people's stories. You know, and I started Top Radio May in 2012. And the podcast started in 2017. And really the podcast started with me not knowing anything about podcasting. You know, I just wanted to ask fighters, why do you want to get in a cage and get punched in the face? Like that was my one question that I really wanted to ask them. And then over time, it kind of evolved to the entrepreneurship side of like asking the entrepreneurs the same question. Why do entrepreneurs 
hopefully, you know, why do they get punched in the face, yeah. but keep going, right? Hopefully not physically, right? But we get nosed, we get rejected, we go through bankruptcy, we go all this through all this crap, but we keep going. And so um, that's what I do is I love talking with people. I love to share their stories. I love to share my story. And then I work with brands on, they'll send me products. They'll do like have me do how-to videos or box openings or, you know, explainer type videos and things like that. So I do a lot of that. I do laser engraving. And so my media company is kind of all over the place. But my main focus is really the Eric Allen show. And, and that started because I came across a guy named Ed Milet in 2018. I was like, Oh my gosh, who is this guy? Like he was, he's just like speaking life into me, man. And then I eventually ended up wanting the, the max out challenge that he issued in 2019 to his 1 million plus followers and said, submit a one minute story to why you're, you know, why do you want to be successful? What are you passionate about? And so that landed me a phone call with Ed, which ended up being released as episode 12 of the Eric Allen show. And now I think 133 shows have come out at this time. Incredible. And you also would use those relationships to leverage that next relationship, which I think is such a key, you know, from the perspective of you're only going to get as far in life as those relationships that you can build and those networks that you can create. Now, you had told us, uh, we were talking before the podcast, your goal was to get on 100 podcasts this year, to be interviewed 100 times this year. And this is your 116th. And we're still in 2021. That's I think this comes out in January, but we're still in 2021 here. How did you do it? Uh, you know what? It, it, here's the thing. You got to just put your put your story out there. And basically, I set the goal in 2020 to be a guest on 50 podcasts and I only did 26. Mm-hmm. And I was so mad. I was like, man, <laughs> screw this, dude. I can't believe I only did 26. So I like went into 2021 going, I'm doing 100. And I just like put it to my... I put it a goal and every single day, I was looking at going, I will be on 100 podcasts this year. And so it's joining certain Facebook groups. It's getting your name out there. And the cool thing is when you're a guest on other podcasts, other listeners will hear that. And then they'll reach out and say, Hey, I'd love to have you on my podcast. And so that has opened up a lot of doors. Um, being on other podcasts, open up opportunities for me to travel and go do things with other, you know, with guests that have been on my show. And so um, it was a huge, huge feat, I think, for me to get to that 100th. And then to be today, 116 interviews uh, that I've now given for the year. And it's just, it's been an awesome accomplishment to, to be able to say, man, I, I did that. And next year, I think I'll do another 100. We'll see how it goes, man. Oh, man, that's unbelievable. How do, how do you overcome the victim mentality? Right? Because like, I think of like, your story, and I go, it would be yeah. so easy to make excuses because, I mean, let's be honest, you had a much rougher upbringing and, and dealt a, a worse hand than like myself, just speaking for myself. Like, how do you overcome that? How do you not let those excuses take over? Yeah, there's so many people that get stuck in that that generational curse, I think, where they have that victim mentality where maybe they're... they're they're not, their parents were alcoholics and now they become alcoholics or their parents were abusers and they become abusers. And I think to get rid of that victim mentality, it's you have to flip the switch, man. Like we were all created to make an impact on the world. And I think whatever we're going through, we can get out of it. And I think if we realize, or if we sit there and go, man, I've, you know, had a bad childhood or man, I uh, did this and I was in jail and oh man, I'm not good with money. Like that's going to hold us back. But if we realize that we were created to be uh, make a bigger impact on the planet than mm. what we were given, right? Like God, I mean, Ed Milet says, man, life happens for us, not to us. And so uh, when we realize that, that our past 
and our other people's opinions do not define our future. And we can make that change at any point, man. Once we realize that the door is wide open for us to go make an impact. Mm. You know, I have a personal goal uh, every day that I want to put a smile on someone's face, whether that's virtually or in person. I want to make sure that I'm putting a smile on someone's face. If I'm at the store and someone's got a name tag on, it's there so that I can call them by their name, not just complain, man. Like I want to ask them, man, exactly what their name is and what how their day is going. I want to lighten them up, man. And so that's a personal drive for me. And that helps me kind of get rid of that victim mentality because I'm helping someone else or hopefully making an impact on someone else. Man, I love that. You have a relationship at all with your your mom and your family and stuff uh, at this point? Or no? It's distant. Yeah, distant. it's distant. So they, most of my family lives in Texas actually now. Uh, my mom and my sister and her kids and, and her boyfriend and my mom's boyfriend, they all live in Texas. Um, my dad still lives in Washington. Um, I'm the second oldest of 19 first cousins. Wow. And the majority of them live in Washington. You know, when my wife and I made the trek to Idaho, we did it really we, we didn't know anyone. We, we said, you know what, we're getting out of this environment because we both come from this kind of broken home. And so we knew exactly what we didn't want uh, in our marriage. But then we kind of struggled with that early on. Like, how do we you know deal with that stuff and that junk? And I went through counseling and stuff like that just to try to figure that out. But we came to Idaho, man. We purposely did it because we didn't want anyone just to be able to walk up to our door and say, hey, I was in the neighborhood, right? Like no one, no one is close to us. And then we kind of did it on purpose. And we loved the opportunity and the adventure of just going and just not knowing anybody. Mm. Um, feel free. Obviously, you don't have to answer this or not. But you yeah. know, I'm just curious for myself is, you know, have you been able to forgive um, the people that have done the wrong to you? Is that like, cause I think that's a struggle for so many of us is when we're wronged. Um, it, it kind of can turn into bitterness mm-hmm. yes. um, and yep. eat alive kind of your spirit. Um, what's your take on that? Have you been able to forgive? Man, yeah. So I think that's so huge. And I think that's a massive struggle, especially for men, I think more than others, maybe not, but I, I think at least for my opinion, it was really tough for me to forgive people for a long time. I did hold on to that bitterness for a really long time, man. Mm. And just probably in the last, I want to say six years, man, that I really mentally went, okay, I forgive them for what they did. But I think the key thing is you can forgive, but you don't have to forget. Mm. Right. So like there's people that are, have hurt you physically, mentally, really uh, worse than my scenario. Right. For you, I think it can, it can lift so much weight off your shoulders if you can like find that power to forgive them, but you don't have to forget. You don't have to allow them back in your life. Mm. Right. So it, it get out of that environment, but you can, I think for me, I've forgiven my family. I've forgiven all of the, the the chaos that I went through, but I don't have to forget about it. I don't have to let them back into my life. You know, yeah. I can keep them at a distance. That's so powerful. So powerful. So talk about your, your daily routines. I know you have pretty strict morning routine. I know that you do a ton before the day even starts for most other people. I do. Yeah. 4 a.m., six days a week, man. Uh, no matter how late I'm staying up on Friday night, I'm still waking up on Saturday at 4 a.m. Uh, because I know that if I, I set my goal to wake up at 4 a.m. And if I don't hit that goal, well, then I've let myself down. I quit on myself. So I have to acknowledge that first. So 4 a.m., six days a week. But when I first wake up, immediately, as soon as I open my eyes, I acknowledge that I'm, a, I'm alive. God has given me another day to see my family and hold my family. And I go, man, thank you, God, for another day first thing. Then I jump out of bed and I make my bed. There's two wins in 15 seconds. Mm. So it's about stacking those wins and building that momentum early for me uh, because it's a goal of mine to wake up. 
So like if I open my eyes, man, I've already accomplished two goals, right? By making my bed and waking up. And then I jump in the shower and I come upstairs and I created a vision wall in my office. I, I literally took half the wall in my office and put posters of the property that I want. I put quotes that I like. I, you know, I put pictures of my family. I put Love the that. property that I want, you know, all of that. And so I come up upstairs and I audibly say out loud and I speak to these things every day. And it's like going through affirmations, right? And I'm that. reading to them, right? And so, uh, and I have worship music going, and then for me, once I've gone through that wall and I've spent a good amount of time looking and visualizing, I sit down at my desk and I just spend time in prayer. And prayer for me is just being grateful for being healthy, man, for having a family like debt-free, like, man, the life that I've been given now from where I came from, man, I'm just so thankful uh, for the grace and the mercy that have been, uh, you know, a given to me that's given me this day to be able to, you know, uh, love my family, man. And so now my goal is just to, like I said, put a smile on someone's face, but make an impact. That's my goal is just make an impact on each day. Mm, so good. What would you go back? What advice would you go back and give your younger self that, you know, teenage boy that's living in the garage? What yeah, advice would you um, give? If I was going back to that moment, man, it would, it would be... Uh, <laughs> that's a, that's a strange moment in time, man. There's a lot of Nintendo playing of tech mobile out in the garage <laughs> at that time, man. Um, but I think if I could go back, man, and, and just say, man, I, I, I don't regret hitting my mom's boyfriend with that pan. And I, and I don't regret what I went through, but I think if I could say, man, you've got a bigger and better life coming, keep fighting and don't get distracted Mm. with the craziness that will come your way. Don't get distracted with the drugs, the girls, the alcohol. Don't get distracted with that. Stay focused on making an impact. Like your story, even though you don't realize it right now, will be a big impact. So keep fighting. Stay focused on getting through this yuck because the good is coming. Mm. All right, Eric, most important question. How long did it take to grow the beard? <laughs> great I gotta, question. I got to know because I need to know how much more time He does have, I have a great beard, everybody. Okay. <laughs> so I used to grow the beard out just once, one month out of the year. It wasn't during November, just one month out of the year, I'd grow a beard and then I'd shave it off after 30 days. My wife would fall all back in love with me. Oh, you're right. That was, my, that was my thing for a long time. And then I think my daughter was maybe four or five years old and I shaved it off and she said, dad, I missed the beard. And I went, all right, never shaving the beard again. So I just started growing it out. Um, it's probably been, I mean, four years, but I've trimmed it up several times, right? So I keep it about this length, uh, but I've probably been growing it out for about it's four so years. Funny. It's the one reason uh, that I keep my beard. My daughter says, you look weird without a beard. Please don't ever shave <laughs> okay. it. So we have that in common. Just maybe yeah. the length is a little bit different. All right, Eric, thank you so much for being here. Really, really appreciated you being willing to share your story and open up and, yeah. and encourage others. Before we close out, can you let people know how to connect with you, how to find your podcast, all that good stuff? Awesome. Yeah. Every Friday, the Eric Allen show drops at 7 a.m. Pacific on all formats, audio, video, IGTV, Facebook, YouTube, all that 7 a.m. Uh, EricAllenMedia.com. It's E-R-I-K. Uh, EricAllenMedia.com is where you can find my store. You can connect with me, hire me to do speaking, project videos, anything like that. Laser engraving, all that fun stuff. Um, and then I'm big on Instagram. So Eric G. Allen, E-R-I-K. And then G. Allen, I comment, I respond to every comment and every DM that comes my way. I love connecting the network with new people, man. Truly an honor to be here, guys. You guys' show is amazing. 
keep changing the world, man. I appreciate you guys. Awesome, brother. Thank you so much. And thank you all so much for listening. We're going to include all of those links that Eric gave. You can get that over at staypaidpodcast.com as well as the rest of the show notes for this video. If you like this episode and want to show your support, two ways we ask you to do that. First is a head on over to Apple Podcasts, drop a five-star review along with a comment to let us know what you thought about this episode. And the best way is to share this episode with a friend. I know you've got someone in your life that needs to hear that message. If you want to get hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com. And of course, you can find us on Instagram. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, and I'm Luke Acree. And just what a great episode and inspiration, Eric. Really appreciate you coming on. Um, I know this will help a ton of people and it's really, really inspiring to see what you can overcome and persevere. And I appreciate the impact that you're making. I would challenge everybody. I think the action item from this podcast is one of the golden nuggets that Eric shared, which is, look, in order to overcome adversity, in order to get yourself out of a dark place, you got to change your environment. You got to change who you're hanging around. So I would challenge all of you, look at where you're at. And if you're not where you want to be in your life, who are you hanging around? Who, what is the environment that you're in? Get yourself out of that environment. Get yourself around people that are where you want to be, that can lift you up, that can lift the temperature of your life up. Remember the difference between top producers and mediocre producers. And every single industry is top producers take action. Take action on that today. 